There's nothing wrong with your radios. What you're hearing is ten battle-tested robots fighting each other in an all-or-nothing rumble. On this episode of Perpetual Notion Machine, I take you to BetsBots, Gears of the Harvest Tournament, a two-day event that brings in the best robot fights from all over the Midwest. With names like Froggish, Waskly Wabbit, and Nosferatu, these robots aren't your everyday Roombas, nor are they the idealized sci-fi servant robots of the future. These machines are designed for one thing, combat. Most fights start with two opponents on opposite sides of a 3.5 foot by 3.5 foot polycarbonate box. The goal? Knock out your opponent within two minutes by controlling, dominating, and being the most aggressive robot. Should both bots be functional at the end of that time, a decision goes to the judges, where they decide who advances and who bites the dust. But this fight is a good old fashioned rumble. Ten robots go in, one comes out. Now we saw that weapons come off, and he's in the fight, and then the Franklin probably knows this, trying to do that again. And then right there, I saw the motor, and he started to come up. Wisconsin for my first ever robot fighting event. The event was held in a common commercial building, but inside were dozens of people building and tinkering, all hoping to take home the gold. To understand what you're hearing, you'll need to know a few different things about robot fighting. Firstly, no two bots are exactly the same. There are vertical and horizontal spinners that use axe-shaped blades to tear into their opponents. There are drum spinners that are much the same, but use a weighted cylinder, often with a lip cut into it, designed to flip the other bot on its head. There are wedge bots. These can range from looking like a door stopper on wheels to boxes with pronged forks. There are variations on four-wheel drive versus two-wheel drive, three-pronged wedge versus a four-pronged wedge, Maybe even no prongs at all, but simply having a hardened shield where a wedge would be. Everyone has their favorites. Here's Luke talking about his bot, Waskly Wabbit. It, is, it does have a spinner in the front. They call it an egg beater, or the company that makes these is called Fingertech, so they call it a Fingertech beater bar. And you can order it from Fingertech or other places like called Palm Beach Bots, etc. And what it is is basically it's kind of like a drum or... It spins in the front and it's wide. If you look at other bots that are verticals, like a disc, those have little skinny ones, which they go really, really fast, but they only have a small point of action where it can hit, whereas this has a wider point 
um, probably three quarters of my bot size that can hit the other bots. Um, mine is a four-wheel drive. Um, it's a direct drive for the rear wheels and a belt drive to the front two wheels. Um, it is a brushed motor setup. That means that the drive motors are brushed um, versus brushless. Brushless uses um, like a magnetic and electronics to move the motor. My weapon motor is a brushless motor. Um, brushless are typically more powerful, but brushed are... I use that for ease of electronics because um, my ESCs are the... Um, speed controls for the motors. That's how you tell it to go forward a little bit or a lot. It controls the different speeds. Um, I have one thing for all of it. It's called a Malinke Nano and that can control only brushed. I can't control brushless with that so that's why I chose that. There can even be a team of robots that enter the arena as one bot. As long as their combined weight is under the required limit, anything's on the table. I talked with the host of Gears of the Harvest and founder of Betts Bots, Joseph Betts. My name is Joseph Betts, uh, and I'm the founder and CEO of Betts Bots. So Betts Bots is a combat robot fighting league out of Beloit, Wisconsin, and our goal is to grow the hobby up to the same size as like RC car racing or drone racing. Um, There's really no reason it can't be that big of a market it just hasn't gotten there yet so we're trying to push that forwards i'll let him explain ant weight bots one pounders so yeah. what was yesterday's uh weight class and what was today's sure so they were actually both one pound yesterday's weight class was the plastic category so the the plastic category is mainly abs pla plus PLA, PETG, and PET. So there might be some other different kinds of plastics. These are all different kinds of plastics. There might be a few other ones, but the bottom line is they're very easy to print, uh, or very easy to 3D print plastics uh, that aren't insanely good. So it makes it a very level playing field in that even if you've got a ton of money to throw at the robots, like you could still get beaten by someone who spent half as much as you because they're using the same materials for their weapon, their armor, uh, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. so, so it is kind of nice to, to see the playing field even in that class, and that's targeted more at beginners. But yeah, then our, our open ant weights, which ran today, we let them use hardened steel, titanium, um, flexible filaments, uh, nylons, all sorts of high-end materials that let them take the beating they routinely go through. Mm. Is there any discussion of going to higher uh, weight classes? Yes. So in 2024, we're going to be hosting some beetleweight events. So beetleweights are three-pound robots, and that's where you start seeing a lot more machined materials. Mm. And That's a heavy beetle. It's a, yeah. <laughs> well, and after that, it goes up to hobby weights, which are 12 pounders. And we're still nailing down all the details. We got to look at the space. We got to look at budgets and how to make it work. But the ideal next step is making an arena that's capable of running hobby weights. So 12 pound robots. 
For context, the robots found on TV in shows like BattleBots, those are around 120 pounds. Even hobby weight bots would likely require a 16 foot by 16 foot box. I mean, you can't realistically build a robot the size of an ant. Like, yeah. the smallest weight class that I've heard of is 25 grams. And that's wow. just stupid. And that's a fighting robot, correct? Yeah. Like, wow. so, and so, so for context, 454 grams is the one pound weight limit. 150 grams is the next weight class below that called fairy weights. A few people in the world at some point have run um, flea weight competitions, which are 75 grams, and nano weights at 25 grams is the absolute smallest I've ever seen anyone build a combat robot at. If both bots are still moving at the end of two minutes, a team of judges decides who will win. Damage, control, and aggression are the three criteria judges use to pick the winner, with control being the most important. Different bots use different strategies. But remarkably, the most striking feature about the Bets Bots tournament wasn't the bots themselves, but the group of people at the event that leaned on each other during the wins and losses. I asked drivers what their favorite part of the robot fighting was, and heard the same thing come up again and again. My favorite part is probably the community. And seeing the same people like over and over, even though I'm not super close to a ton of them, it's really nice to see all the faces and watch them get along and test out new robots and just the community is really nice. For new builders, the community is great. I mean, reach out, ask anybody, they're more than willing to help. I mean, you'll see at the competitions that if your bot gets destroyed or there's something going on, other builders will be hopping in to help out because at the end of the day, we want to see everybody having fun, competing. We don't want to see somebody sitting on the side without a working robot. There is something almost magical about this community and that like a lot of my best friends live in other states and we've met at these robot competitions, getting to reconnect with those people, see the improvements they've made to their robots, um, just check in. Like it's, it's, it's really, really wonderful. I, I always look forward to, to events, even that I don't compete at, um, just to see the people again. Well, mostly the same answer. There are some outliers. Winning, destroying the other opponent. <laughs> a common tradition for competitors is if a robot is knocked out within the time limit, the loser will often give the winner a scrap of the wreckage. This is actually a gift from someone. So, in, like, I, I beat both of these robots, and... Uh, this guy, I destroyed his frame, so he gave it to me. He signed it and gave it to me. That's a, that's a thing that a lot of people do. Even though I didn't win today, I felt like I won because I have trophies to take home and buy shop, so. Family was also a big theme of the event. Usually, I have my son here with me and he's actually usually the driver, but we just got back from vacation, so he is currently sleeping. <laughs> so he did a lot of the choosing based on what he wanted for his weapon. And I, I helped him build it, but I get to drive it today. <laughs> My son watched BattleBots in uh, July with his grandfather, and he wanted to build one. And I said there was no way because it was too expensive. But then I found the, this group of guys that do the smaller scale, um, which is much more affordable. And um, so we started to see what we wanted to develop and do. So that, that's how we decided it. The crowd ranged from very young drivers to the veteran builders who are on their third or fourth iteration of a bot. 
Often people picked up the hobby at a young age by doing it with a parent. For example, I talked with the Overkill team. They're a trio made up of a son, daughter, and their dad. Lydia, Sam, Trevor. They have five bots, but at Gears of the Harvest, they were only driving Froggish and the Fox. Having multiple drivers on the same team means they sometimes fight each other. Other times they fight together on a multi-bot team. What is a multi-bot? A bot, like two bots that are on a team. And so each bot, it's like a half pound, so we stay underneath the one pound weight limit. Did, did you guys push your dad into this, or did he push you into this? Uh, he pushed us into it. The older drivers also have fond memories of doing this at a young age. Take Joseph, for example. I initially discovered combat robots watching like the old battle bots and robot wars on YouTube when I was like probably six or seven with my dad. And then I started tinkering with the electronics and trying to build my own stuff out of like cardboard when I was 12 and 13. Uh, 14 years old is when I did my first competition and you know, drove down to Illinois. It was uh, Cirque Bot Brawl 2019. That's when I first competed. And been competing ever since. But it's definitely in like the last year taken this turn of I compete a lot less and I host a lot more competitions. Joseph started his first competition in his garage at just 16, and now he's running bet spots at age 19, hoping to present at least one event a month in 2024. But he's got stiff competition. Uh, and then there's that Billionaire Funded League, which I mentioned, <laughs> which operates on the East Coast out of Norwalk, Connecticut right now. But they are planning to expand nationally and go to other states. Mm -hmm. Chances are they're going to overlook the Midwest because a lot of people overlook the Midwest, but we'll see. They, they're one of those people where if they wanted to totally shut us down, they could. So that's mm -hmm. always a risk. The wonderful thing about Joseph's competition was that he had bots to rent for the day, meaning anyone off the street could join in the fun. Joseph also sells beginner kits on his website, as well for anyone who wants to get into the hobby. Everyone at the event encourages anyone who's interested to try it out. I always tell people, if, you're, if you've seen BattleBots, you like the sound of robot combat, you're on the fence, you can, you're probably more capable of doing it than you think. Um, whether it's buying a kit robot or just going to our Discord server and, and talking to people, like it's shocking to me how much information is out there and how much builders are willing to give. Like so much information is shared and people just want to help you get into the arena. So doesn't matter what your skill level is. If you want to try combat robots, you probably can. And, uh, you know, the shameless plug is BetsBots in particular can help yeah. you do that, right? Keep at it. My first robots really sucked. And you really just have to just, you have to iterate on your designs. And you can't stick with the same thing because eventually it's going to become stale. And then it won't work anymore. You won't know why. So you might have to jump over to something else and try it a bit, come back to this thing, and maybe it works better this time. But that's what I do. I might take a break from Thunderbolt. I might make a horizontal spinner. We'll see. But Plus, it's just fun to try new things. Like, mm -hmm. 
When you make robots that you don't normally drive, you tend to learn more about like the things that they're not good at and what they struggle against. So it's just generally helpful to know more about robots. But that's enough chit chat. I think it's time I gave you a full match of robot combat in its entirety. This fight is Horror Vertical versus Darkwing. Yeah, I gotta close the door for this one. Let's start the fight. In three, two, one, go. Alright, so keep an eye on that weapon of Horror Vertical. We're gonna be trying to carve through that wedge, disable the lifter on Darkwing. Darkwing is trying to stay on them, keep their tires on the robot. Or a vertical just on the top robot to a throw. They keep coming in the sides of Darkwing. Every little mistake they make. So that lifter looking pretty bent up. Not sure if that's working anymore. Or a vertical hadn't flipped over. Can they self right? Yep, barely hanging on. Not much left though. So Horror Vertical's spinner definitely taking control of this match. But Horror Vertical's gotta be careful. If Darkwing pushes that spinner up against the wall when he's at full speed, they might break off. We saw that happen in the very first match. Minute five seconds left. Darkwing doing a good job pushing Horror Vertical around. But they are not escaping the damage that these shots are doing. That way, hanging on by the thread, 50 seconds left. Horror Vertical looking to rip it off, bringing a few landing shots for as long as this match continues. 45 seconds left. Darkwing now pulling that lifter up and out of the way, trying to keep it from the blade of Horror Vertical, but they lose another tire in the process. Darkwing just barely hanging on, Horror Vertical. Lining up for the kill shot. Darkwing flailing around. They're not looking mobile. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And that is a knockout. Your winner, Horror Versicle. The Gears of the Harvest overall tournament winner was actually a bit of an upset. The robot Walter White won the Saturday competition, and here's how the crowd reacted to that. And your winner, Walter White. <laughs> Controversial witness one, but uh, deserved nonetheless. That's right. What you just heard there was the first place winner getting a mixture of cheers and boos. This is all in good fun, of course. I suspect no one was really all that torn up. Here's Joseph and Jess. She's one of the judges to explain. So I've been a judge since early 2022, and it is very rare to see a wedge bot winning like full competitions. Um, and like to, to see a wedge bot win is new to me as far as I can remember. So that was very interesting to see. So, okay, so my, my kits are wedge bots and I've won events with them. And it usually makes sense if it's an arena with a pit. Um, and a pit, it's literally just a hole in the floor. Sometimes it'll be on a trap door that opens only in like the final 30 seconds of the match or something 
but you know, a wedge robot's meant to push people around. It can typically push them in the pit and, and win that way. So that makes sense. But without a pit, a wedge robot, out of the three categories, it has to not take a ton of damage, and it has to confidently win control and aggression as its two judging categories. And instead of, uh, instead of a spinner, where your fight might only be a minute because you knocked out the other opponent or got knocked out, as a wedge, your only way to win is by going the full two minutes. Mm-hmm. So you've got two minutes that you can't make a single driving error. And it's this, it's this constant uphill battle. Um, he was also running Spectre today. We both thought if any robot was going to do well and make the top eight, it was going to be Spectre. But we saw Spectre go out early. We saw Nosferatu go out early. Those were two ones I was keeping my eyes on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's an uphill battle with wedges. And in an arena like this, that's why it's a surprise today. Mm-hmm. On top of the robot was thrown together in a week with like no <laughs> spare parts, it was a very last minute build. So there's also a shock factor in that. That was that robot's first ever competition. Mm. And, you know, I talk about all this refinement that people do. And then someone shows up with a robot like that and dominates. It's like, come on. (laughs) We just got destroyed by this 18-year-old kid who threw together a robot in a week. But sometimes it just goes that way. All in all, I expect the local robot fighting scene won't have too much trouble growing if the community was as welcoming to me as they are to everyone. I asked Joseph about the irony of spending time and money on building something, only to have it be destroyed. I I, I can't describe it, but there's like... I don't know. There's like, there's certain things that are just satisfying to do, like um, if you've ever gotten uh, like electronics equipment with those, you know, plastic covers over it and you you peel it Mm. off for the first time, it's like equivalent destroying another robot is equivalent to that feeling sometimes like (laughs) you're trying to line up your robot this whole two minute match just for that perfect shot and like when you finally get it and can obliterate the other robot and watch the parts go everywhere like there's something so satisfying about that so i (laughs) i get why people build spinners (laughs) yeah it's uh you know it's one of those things where like um when it's your robot it sometimes it when when you get back to the pits it's like oh man that sucks but like when you're when you're in the arena it's it's such an adrenaline inducing environment and like like it's one of, it's one of the few times where um i'm truly 100% focused on something cuz you can't think of anything else when you're driving in a match like that mm-hmm. and so, so a lot of it is you get lost in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter if, you're, you're, if your robot gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then when you are, when you are driving, driving back home from the competition, um, I haven't met someone that thinks, oh man, all this stuff got destroyed. I put hours <laughs> into this. That wasn't worth it. Like, for whatever reason, the nature of the people who do this hobby or just the way the hobby is, as you drive home and the whole time you're thinking of, okay, what could I have changed to, to improve it and make my robot not break in these ways next time? 
or even if you lost a fight, like I'm sure people who lost to uh, Walter White today, I'm sure they're going to be thinking, okay, how do I counter long forks like that? What attachments yeah. can I make next time? What changes can I make to my robot? And that's the beauty of the engineering challenge of fighting combat robots is there's always something to, to tweak. Whether it's the endless hurdles of besting an opponent or the simple joy of seeing things blow up, these events are an adrenaline rush. And if you want to see the action for yourself, you're in luck. Joseph will be hosting another robot combat event very soon. On Saturday, December 2nd at the Cross Point Community Church in Oconomowoc, the Midwest Robot Combat Association is holding their 2023 finals. You can expect to see Walter White there, as well as the Fox from the Overkill team you heard earlier. Thank you to Joseph and everyone I met at Gears of the Harvest, and thank you for listening to listener-sponsored Community Radio, WORT 89.9 Madison. I'll leave you with one more fight, a semifinal bout between Franklin and Horror Vertical. This was one of my favorite fights of the day. Up next is Radio Literature. Have a good night. Judges ready. Drivers ready. Let's start this fight in three, two, one, go. All right, weapons up to speed. Box left in Franklin. They're going to have to stay behind that weapon and horror vertical. Now we're seeing the power of horror vertical. We've also seen that wedge get bent up on Franklin. So something to keep an eye on. Will is destroying that robot. Hold off the office. And so far, both spins are fully functional. Horror vertical, the one that puts back in some of shots. Start flying. Hard shot there. Franklin still running that weapon. Horror vertical. On pause. 40 seconds into this match. Horror vertical lands a good shot. So they've got that weapon back up to speed. He's down but not out. Drive looking a little bit hurt on Franklin. So it's a big flow of the horror vertical starting to add up. Minute left. Horror vertical on the deck, spinning around. Trying to get up and add up, slicing. Almost threw the right to Franklin. Franklin driving on the ground. That drive is looking a little bit sad. Oh man, hard shots. But Franklin still is. They got that weapon up to speed. They keep pushing forward towards our vertical. I see some wires spraying hanging off the horror vertical. So I don't know if that weapon's down or if that's the servo. Either way, 20 seconds left. Horror vertical looking a little worse for wear after some of these hits. But the same can be said about Franklin. Hard hitting match. Horror vertical propping them up. They can get up for five seconds at a time. Ten seconds left in the match. Five, four, three, two, one. And that's is a bite. Well done.